This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning, everyone, and sure appreciate each one of you and this morning being here. And uh, as I already uh, mentioned, uh, most of our congregation uh, is on a trip. And uh, some of you got the message from Derek this morning that uh, somewhere far over on the other side of Tennessee, near Pigeon Ford, up in the Smoky Mountains, in a cabin somewhere this morning, there was a group of our dear brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping our Lord and Savior in heaven just as we are now. And uh, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall there this morning and and participated in that. I'd like to have been more than a fly on the wall, actually. I'd like to have been there, but it uh, didn't work out. So the message this morning uh, is something that I started thinking about back in July when Jason, Averett, and I were uh, prayer partners. He and I had some really good conversations over the phone uh, there toward the end of that month. And uh, one thing we talked about was, uh, was, the, was the topic of rest and how... Uh, it seems like in society, uh, in, our, in our lives, uh, individually, in some way or another, we're always trying to find rest and relaxation and peace. And we never quite obtain it. And it's just always in the back of our mind. We're always trying to get some of it. And we can't ever get enough in this day and time. And, uh, and then we look... And we see all around us the opposite of rest, unrest, (laughs) a lot of that. So uh, let's start off by just reading uh, just a a definition that I pulled out of the dictionary, what rest is and what unrest, and we will begin from there. The definition of rest, cessation of motion or action of any kind, unapplicable and applicable to any body or being as rest from labor, rest from mental exertion, rest of body or mind. A body is at rest when it ceases to move. The mind is at rest when it ceases to be disturbed or agitated. The sea is never at rest, hence quiet repose, a state free from motion or disturbance, a state of reconciliation to God. And we'll look at that closely in just a moment in Matthew. So the definition of unrest is quite simply unquietness. The opposite of quiet. Uneasiness. Uneasiness would be the opposite of calmness. A disturbed or uneasy state. Quite simply turmoil. Are you all aware of any turmoil anywhere in the country today? Any unrest? We don't have to look very far to see some of it. Um, I'll never forget. um, Is this is this too high? Okay. I'll never forget just what seems just like a few days ago. It was really just a few months ago. I I left here one Sunday and uh, had to go down to downtown Fort Smith to grab something from a store. 
And uh, I got off of 540 onto Rogers and was heading east. And I dropped down the hill, passed the turn to go to the Wilson's place, and uh, got to the bottom of the hill. And all of a sudden, on both sides of Rogers Avenue were all these people holding up signs. There was actually people laying in the road in the turning lane for about two blocks down through there. Uh, from near Chick-fil-A or maybe before all the way down to the turn to go down to Sam. It seemed like maybe not quite that far, but for a good section down through there. I kept my eyes straight forward at the vehicle in front of me. I didn't look to the right. I didn't look to the left. Made sure I didn't run over anybody laying in the road. And I was really happy when I got past that. I did not go back that way when I left that store. I came too far on I couldn't imagine myself doing that, what they were doing. I also couldn't imagine that that was happening right here. <laughs> and that was mild compared to what's going on around us. But that was just a little snippet of unrest right here in our hometown. We had a little bit of it in our hometown of Clarksville recently. You may even saw it on the news. Uh, some little gal got a permit to put a banner across uh, our little main street there in Clarksville that said Black Lives Matter rally coming up three days over the Labor Day weekend. That caused a little bit of a, a commotion in our little, our little Bodunk town of Clarksville. Thankfully, nothing major come of it. And uh, I saw the little gal interviewed on uh, the television uh, when I was up at the hotel in Northwest Arkansas. And she seemed like a, a nice, sweet, spirited young lady. And, and it was really well done. I, I, so, but that was in my hometown. Very weird times. A lot of unrest. I'm not seeking unrest. I'm seeking rest. I work very hard for a living. My wife is happy about that now because in our early marriage over 30 years ago, I was probably the laziest person she had ever met, and she probably was wondering why in the world did I marry this lazy, no-good-for-nothing guy because all I ever wanted to do was lay around and do as little as I could get away with. But... Uh, now that's not the case. I'm, I'm rolling tires on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of tires. And I enjoy it. I enjoy what I do for a living. And, uh, but you know what? I do look forward to getting home and uh, really enjoy a, a, a bath of hot water, some candles, some relaxation music playing, and I never thought that I would be saying that at almost 50 years old, but I like that. It allows me to relax and calmness and rest and peace come over me physically, which affects me spiritually and emotionally as well. But it is very stressful driving out there on those highways today, and uh, especially when you're pulling heavy loads and you're weighing over 20,000 pounds and somebody decides to whip around you and then stop for no good reason other than give you a brake check, I guess, <laughs> if your brakes are working correctly. It's, I see Dalton and I, we see wrecks on a regular basis just about every day from Bella Vista to Hot Springs and everywhere in between of some form or another, some of them deadly. And we pass right by them every day. It builds stress and tension in the body unknowingly and sometimes knowingly. And so in your life, 
there are similar things that peradventure are going on in your life too. Different, but the same. A big order that's got to be out by a deadline. Um, seeking a job because you're out of one and, and you're filling out applications and you're trying to get a job so you can support your family and take care of your responsibilities that God's given you. And just a lot of going on. You know, uh, nothing's new. And last Sunday, or the Sunday before, whenever Clint spoke last, he read a scripture that uh, really kind of brought this back to the forefront of my thinking. And uh, so we're going to go back here in just a few minutes, and we're going to we're going to we're going to read a scripture that Clint read that kind of got me back onto this and and brought it back to the forefront of my mind. But after reading the definition of of rest and unrest, let's begin with Jesus's words in Matthew chapter eleven. Matthew chapter eleven, beginning in verse twenty-eight, and I'm going to try to use these glasses. My wife said she bought, a, bought these in bulk the other day and I could have a pair. And I didn't realize that, uh, I didn't realize how bad I couldn't see until I put a pair of them on. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now I'm going to be reading out of the NLT this morning. So it may not match up with if you try to follow along. But uh, those were Jesus' words. If you're weary and you have heavy burdens, just come to me. I can help you out with that. And then you stop and think about what happened to the, <laughs> the early church. All that they went through, and you're like, that's not really adding up to me in my, in my pea brain. That doesn't look like that connects when we see what happened just shortly after Jesus' feet left the Mount of Olives to the church that was left behind. All the people that he invited to come unto him. What happened to him? Let's look at Psalms chapter 37. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 37. When I read this, think about what you've heard on the radio, seen on the news, and, and that you know is going on in many parts of our country and, and, and in other parts of the world as I read this. Let's see if any of it sounds familiar. A Psalm of David, chapter 37. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. 
Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay. But the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned, or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and He will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not lead the wicked, but the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them. And they find shelter in Him. What sweet, sweet words of encouragement from the psalmist David in what all he was going through, what all he had 
heard about, witnessed, was revealed to him through prophecy that was to come. And it's still applicable today. I say so because we can see what David wrote clearly with our own eyes through our, our folks and our grandparents, our ancestors, in just the last hundred years in the world. We saw dictator after dictator rise in the past hundred years and try to wipe out the good, the, mor- the morally upright, the Christians, the godly, the law keepers, and these ungodly, demonic men in various places killed thousands and ten thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people to try to have power and to have all authority. What happened to them? Where'd they go? They rose for a little while. They were flourishing like a tree in their native land. They're gone. All of them are gone. Except for the ones that continue to try to rise. So, is there any of them trying to rise today anywhere in the world? What's going to happen to them? They're going to be wiped out. Because God said, I'm the same today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't ever change. And through His Word, He said, I am going to take care of my people. Does that mean that our lives are going to be spared? Our breathing and walking around here might be spared? Not necessarily. We are going to be taken care of forever if we follow after the Lord. And we desire His teaching... His way of life and not rebellion, rebellious, rebelliousness. Our human nature is to defy authority. We see that today happening. That is basically what underlies all of this. The desire for power and and rebellion against authority of any kind. Since we were an early child, we had that naturally instinct in our body. When our parents told us no, we wanted to say yes. When our bosses tell us to go do something that we really didn't want to, there was this thing that rose up inside of us. And the only reason we did it, because we didn't want the consequence of getting fired. Or the only reason we obeyed our parents many times is because we didn't want our backside to get hotter than, than it was. But there is, it's easy to be rebellious. It is easy to be rebellious. But the consequences of it are everlasting. Not in a good way. And so, how do we get to where that turmoil is not inside of us? That rebellious nature, that anxiety feeling that we so often have in our life. How do we get to a place of rest that leads to peace? Maybe not resting our muscles, but a rest in our soul, our heart, our spirit, which is really rest. How do we get there? 
this is something that's been going on for ever since the beginning of time. And so for a few more minutes, let's look at this. And I want to take the bulk of our reading from, uh, like I said, Clint mentioned this in his sermon here the other day, Exodus 33. Exodus 33 and uh, in verse 14. The Lord replied to Moses, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Now, I wish I had time to go back and read the context of this, but I'll paraphrase it. So Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they had went through the Red Sea over into Saudi Arabia, and they're camped at the base of Mount Sinai. And Moses was gone for 40 days up receiving the Ten Commandments. And when he came back, <laughs> there was a lot of unrest. There was a lot of turmoil, a lot of rebellion, and a lot of disobedience going on. Did, did Moses really expect to come back and find what he found? No. It made him angry, didn't it? So angry he throwed those tablets that God had just wrote down on the ground and shattered He was not resting at all. Well, so he seeks the Lord's guidance and, and, the, guard, and the God tells him exactly what to do. He said, take, the, take the, uh, the tent of the congregation, or in my version, the tent of meeting, and, and get it out of the camp and get it away from the people. And the people that want to do right, they can leave the camp and go over there. And, uh, and, 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 and God said, I'm not going to be in the camp because the people are a stubborn and rebellious people. And if I was among them, I'm afraid I would destroy them along the way, he said. Well, the people found out that God had said that. And so that, that got their attention. It, it changed, they changed the way they dressed even because they found out God had said that. I can't, I've got to walk away from you people because I, if, I'm, if I'm with y'all, you're going to make me so mad that I'm going to just wipe you out. So he told Moses, get that tent out of there and I'll, I'll hang out over there. You can come out there and, and uh, Joshua, son of Nun, he can come over there. But everybody else has to stay in the camp and come to the door of their tents and that's exactly what happened. Well, one day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me to take these people to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. And you've told me by name and I look favorable on you. But if it's true that you look favorable on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully. This is what Moses is having this conversation with God. That I might continue to enjoy your favor and remember that this nation is your very own people. And that's when the Lord told him, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Well, what kind of rest did Moses get on that journey over to the Jordan? It wasn't very restful. Physically. But I do believe that he found a peace with God. And he, he knew, he made some mistakes. And he knew he wasn't going to enter that promised land. But he was at peace with it. He was at rest. 
God went on and even granted Moses the opportunity to, to hide in a crevice in a rock. And God put his hand over that crevice and walked by so it wouldn't destroy Moses. And then pulled his hand aside and told Moses, you can peek out and look at my, look at my backside, the back of my body as I walk away. But you can't see my face. Moses got to experience that. You think that was very restful to look out of that rock and see God in another form besides a burning bush or a pillar of fire or a pillar of smoke, but to actually see him, whatever he looked like right there? I, uh, I recommend that if you have time soon to, to go read... Uh, Exodus 33:34. It's, it's some very encouraging reading there, how God gave Moses rest among all of the turmoil, all of the responsibility that he had, all the turmoil going on around him. Moses felt responsible for all of those people, maybe a million people, I don't know. He felt personally responsible for every one of them. And they spit in his face all the time. Who's responsible for us? Ultimately, if we're here this morning and people like us all over the world this morning are seeking the Lord and, and coming out of everything else that we could be doing and we choose to be here this morning, we're seeking the Lord, hopefully, and we're seeking to serve Him we're, we're looking for His guidance. Do we spit in His face? Do we ever spit in our leader, our Savior's face, and, and rebel against Him and disobey Him? Just like Moses continued to lead the children of Israel, even though I'm sure at times he wanted to walk away and wash his hands from them. Our leader... Ain't never going to leave or forsake us either. And we'll find that in just a few moments. Because he says so. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 through 8. So we know that Joshua, Moses' helper, um, he was the one that actually got to go ahead and lead the children of Israel on over into the promised land while Moses stayed behind and he couldn't enter because of his disobedience at one time. Moses, when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old. And I am no longer able to lead to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God Himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. 
The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua and as all Israel watched, he said to him, be strong and courageous for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And in Joshua chapter 1, the story continues. Just little snippets of a, of a very long story. Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. And I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You reckon the Lord was trying to get a point across? <laughs> well, that was back then. What about today? Hebrews chapter 12. Of course, as we already said, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14 through chapter 13, verse 16. We want to read this. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, 
who traded his birthright as the firstborn son of a single meal for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. We're in the right camp. We're on the right side. We got nothing to be afraid of. We can rest and have peace in our heart knowing that. It's the people that are rebellious against God and reject God. They're the ones that have got it coming. Just like all these people that we've seen rise and fall over the past hundred years that rejected God. They're no longer here. Just a couple more verses. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. God's promise of entering His rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared His re- this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter His rest. As for the others, God said... In my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested with all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, 
God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. All these people out here that are rebelling, they're never going to find rest, true rest. We can. In here. Only in here and in God can we find true rest for our souls. And these people out here around us, we look at them and it's so easy to get angry at them and to judge them and to have bad feelings and a bad hard heart toward them. But every one of them can be saved if, it, if there's time and they have opportunity for their heart to have seed put in it and their heart to be softened and Jesus' blood can cleanse them and they can enter that rest too. Just as the, uh, Saul did, the Apostle Paul. When he was Saul, he was just like these people we see out here today. Last reading, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. That's probably where I got peace this morning because that was the last thing I read. But... I want that peace. I want that rest. And I can have it as long as I stay in here. And I stay out of everything out there that Satan wants to distract me with and get me caught up in and sidetracked with. If I keep focused on all of that, I will not have real rest. I will not have real peace. 
it's only in here. And I am so, it, it is so clear that the biggest root problem in our young generation coming up is lack of this in their life. And a ton of this. I wonder how many kids at college age and below have ever even picked one of these up around the world. No matter how old we get, we have got to make it a priority in our life in whatever format we have available to get in here and stay in here because that is where true rest is, is in here. Thank you for your kind attention this morning. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.